Welcome to The Creation Today Show. I'm your host, Eric Hovind, and I'm excited about today's shows and my guests as we address questions like, did Jesus commit suicide? glad that teens want good answers to their questions. And ultimately, that's what creation today is all about. It's, it's really important, though, that teens get the right answers so that their worldview is consistent and their worldview is true. Well, these weekly shows are actually here to, to provide discipleship on your journey to know Christ more. And whether you're a skeptic or a seeker or a believer— if you want the truth, that's what we want to give to you. So let's take these questions that can often be stumbling blocks and see if we can turn them into stepping stones on your journey to Christ. I truly believe that these conversations are going to help you experience the real meaning and purpose for why you were created. I've got, uh, I've got two amazing guests today. They co-authored a book uh, along with a few other authors uh, called Did Jesus Commit Suicide? And 27 Other Questions Teens Are Asking About the Bible. Uh, they run a ministry called Reasons for Hope, which I love. When a world has lost hope, they are giving the true reason for hope. They're training and equipping a new generation to stand boldly on the Word of God. It's my friends Carl Kirby and Dr. Juan Valdez. Hey, guys, how you doing? Very blessed, my friend. Super excited to be with you, Eric, today. And you, you guys are the real deal. You guys are, are where the rubber meets the road, on the streets, talking to kids, going to schools, doing camps. You're not sitting back uh, from, a, from, an, from an ivory tower or from a, uh, from, a, from a kind of a presidential perspective, you know, kind of saying, here's what you guys are in the streets doing the, you're battling, just like we see soldiers in the street battling for Ukraine. You're battling for the hearts and the minds of young people today. So you've seen a lot, you've heard a lot, you've experienced a lot, and now you got a new book. Did Jesus commit suicide? How in the world did this come about? What happened with these uh, questions is I've been collecting questions for a long time now. I uh, all of us, all of our speakers are reasons for hope. When we go to a camp, the first thing we do on day one is hand out index cards and say, okay, what are the questions that are keeping you from selling out? Uh, write it down, turn it in, and that's what we're going to deal with during this week. I, you know, I don't go in with some pre-programmed thing. I mean, I've got talks that I can give and all that, but one of the key focuses is what's keeping them from going. As a matter of fact, uh, I was just at a camp. And here's just a few of the cards just from the, the this was just a couple of weeks ago. How do That's we explain it. carbon dating? If that lizard got winged from running, then how come we haven't gotten wings after a thousand years? Is there any evidence of dinosaurs and man living together? Guys, I'm telling you, kids are hungry. Don't ever let anybody tell you that the kids don't want answers because they absolutely do. So imagine. You're I, I got to tell you, Carl, I just brought mine <laughs> too. I'm like, dude, th this is where the rubber, this is what the kids want to know right here. Yeah. And that's it. And so I've compiled these things. I've got, I don't know how many, a lot of questions, right? So I've compiled these things over the year and over the years. And uh, it was about, oh, I'd say about eight months ago. I'm looking at all these questions. Like we've got to do something with this. I've been doing, you know, presentations and stuff like that, but we got to do something more. So uh, and a lot of these, I got really stumped on. 
I mean, it was like, woo, how do I deal with that one? Imagine this one, the title of it, right? Uh, did Jesus commit suicide? What happened is I'm in California and I'm going through the questions, 15 minutes through the Q&A, bang. Um, is suicide a sin? And if suicide is a sin, didn't Jesus commit a sin because he committed suicide? And you're like, okay, that's a new one. Uh, but then you <laughs> rationalize through it and you work through it. And it's like, no, there's a difference between suicide and sacrifice. And one did a wonderful job with his answer on that. But this was one that I feel like I didn't really give a firm enough answer. So this is that was the catalyst to come back and say, you know what? No, Juan, how do we deal with this one? Dave, how do we deal with this one? So if you notice in our book, I went, we brought in folks from outside the ministry that, you know, this was their specialty. Abortion was their specialty. How do we deal with that? And so that's what we wanted to do is just go to the people and say, here's the questions the teens are asking us. Let's put together a good response so that the teens not only get a response, but the adults need to know this stuff too, because parent, you are going to have the impact yes. on your child. We should not be the key to impacting your child in their spiritual life. You should be it. We should be coming in, reinforcing what you've been doing all along. You know, how many times have you and I heard, uh, and Juan, I'll let you address this too, like, we hear these questions come up, and that sometimes they're new, but typically it's questions that yeah. we've heard many times, and it's it's like an old question that's been answered, but yeah. the internet keeps bringing it up, and it's yeah. the first time it's entered these kids' minds, and they're like, yeah, how does the Bible explain that? And, and that, that throws them for a loop and it just, it very, it can very quickly shake their foundation where all of yep. a sudden they're faced with a question. They're like, maybe the Bible isn't even true. And they're just, they're, they're shaken to the core with that. Have you experienced let me, let that? Me let, let me let Juan jump in on this, but I want to, I want to make this point because you said something that's interesting. Research that I just got, it's been around a while, but I got it. They went to the SSAs, the secular student associations on the college campuses across the states, you know? All right. There's, of course, we've got Campus Crusades for Christ and all that stuff. There are secular ones. All right. The atheists have their groups as well. They went to every one of these kids and every one of the leaders, the presidents of these SSAs, every one of them grew up in the church. Every one of them rejected Christianity. And when they started digging, where did these doubts start coming from? It didn't come from Richard Dawkins. It didn't come from uh, Christopher Hitchens. It didn't come from any of the atheists. Where it came from was the Internet. They wow. saw these arguments on the internet, and that was the catalyst to start getting them to go down to listen to all these other knuckleheads. So, uh, but when you said that, sorry, I just wanted to jump in that because that research blew me out of the water. It's very powerful. And Juan, I know you got something to say as well. No, absolutely. When I did a little research on the, the question of could, you, could Jesus commit suicide, I had never heard that one. That one was a new one for me too. But hey, there's, there are atheist websites out there online and in social media, promoting the idea that why would you follow a loser? Jesus was a loser. He committed suicide. Why would you follow him? Why would you want to be a follower of a person like that? And there are kids that have abandoned their faith because they, they this just caught them off guard. They didn't know how to deal with it. And they thought, you know what? You're right. You're right. Uh, and then, of course, all of these sites will quote half-truths and take Bible verses out of context. And so it even sounds biblical. Uh, but that, that's what our young people are up against. The internet is, is a tremendous blessing for ministry, but it, it exposes kids to a lot. A lot yeah. of <laughs> you, you think about back in the day, and I want to get right to the answer here, uh, but you think about back in the day, somebody would propose an idea 
that idea was had to be proposed really in a book to get it circulated. If it was wrong, people read that, they wrote against it, that new idea superseded, and it was like, oh no, don't you know that that that's an old argument that doesn't work anymore? Here's the new argument, and you could kind of, you would do that. Today, the internet brings up all these old arguments that have been dealt with and keeps bringing them up as if they're brand new arguments. And, and I do see that regularly as a problem. Something that was dealt with thousands of years ago in historic literature with apologetics is now being brought up like, oh, we got a brand new thing against the Bible. And it's an old, tired, worn out argument that really, when you get into it, doesn't make sense. So I want to know, did Jesus commit suicide? Is that wrong? Uh, he, he, he says he gave himself up on the cross. So... What do you guys think? Well, uh, he, here's the deal. Uh, first of all, suicide is a sin. We're, we're clear on that. Uh, the word of God is clear on that. Uh, if we are to love God with all of our hearts and our neighbor as ourself, and that fulfills the commandments, then we know that thou shalt not kill is, is relevant to others and to myself. <laughs> yeah, can't kill me either. Yeah, yeah. Because I, like the same way I don't kill myself, I shouldn't kill others. Uh, and, and so... It's pretty clear throughout scripture that, that that's the sin. Can I pause you right there and just say, okay, so there's there's a culture today that suicide is like a, a an acceptable thing. It's like that is a way out. Even if it's a little bit shameful, it's now acceptable. What makes suicide so wrong? Is it, I mean, where do we get this idea? Can, can we just hit that real quick before we go into did Jesus commit suicide? Because there's going to be somebody watching that's going, I'm kind of wondering, you know, why is suicide wrong? Why can't you just take yourself out of the equation? Well, think about it. Most people that commit suicide, uh, Eric, do so because they're desperate, <laughs> because they're in a situation and they don't see a way out. And uh, the, the way out seems to be to take their own lives, escape, because it seems like the only way to get out of a given situation. Uh, and someone said a long time ago, I don't know who said it, but it's such a big truth. Suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Wow. All, all problems have solutions. Uh, things get better, especially for young people. The amount of young people that consider suicide is so sad. Uh, and the thoughts cross the minds of every young person, and some of them dwell on these thoughts. And, and, it's, and we understand it's a, it's a difficult time. There's a lot of confusion, a lot of issues happening. If you have a rough life at home, if there's problems at home, problems at school, bullying, just there's a lot of reasons that'll take somebody to the point of saying, you know what, this is horrible. I don't see a way out. I'm just going to check out. Uh, and and what, what it does, Eric, is that it's devastating to everyone around you. It's probably the most selfish thing a person can do. Not only does it end their life and, and, and all the good things that could be ahead for them, but it also devastates the lives of the people that love them. Parents and siblings are never going to be the same after a loved one takes their own life. Uh, you know, my, my encouragement to young people is, yeah, please don't, don't even consider it because God has solutions to your problems, your situations. God has a plan. He has a purpose for your life. And think about what it's going to do to the people that love you. It will destroy them. Do you really want to do that? The, the phrase, nobody loves me, is something that Satan loves to put in young people's minds, and then they make a decision based on that idea, and that idea is a lie from the pit of hell. That is simply not true. God Amen. loves you. And that's, yeah, that's, that's so true. That's the, uh, the, the debunk number 20 that we did, Eric. That's exactly what we dealt with, because that is a lie that nobody loves you. 
And you said, why is it wrong? And I, I've got to throw in there. I was in Louisiana speaking to a group of young ladies in a jail. And I didn't know what I was walking into. It was something that a guy asked me. He said, would you come speak to these young, uh, these young kids that are wards of the state? The hurricane had come through. They didn't have any place. So they put them in a jail. I didn't know this. I go in, big day room, 150 people it could hold, right? And walks eight teenage girls. I'd set my projector up and everything. And I'm like, you can't do a presentation for eight teenage girls anyway. Like, girls aren't my ministry. I'm a guy, right? But anyway, <laughs> it's like, what are we going to do? So I said, okay, here's who I am. Here's what I deal with. What's going on? And man, I have never been in a setting like this because these girls were immediate. Question, bing, 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 going, right? Guys are like pulling teeth. You take three days and they finally get into it. But uh, one girl sitting there, man, and she's just, she's, she's not with the program. She's not happy to be there. After about 15 minutes of questions, she finally raised her hand. Yes, ma'am. Do you believe God knows every baby that comes to this planet? Yes, ma'am, I do. Then why would God allow a 13-year-old girl to get raped, get pregnant, and have a baby? And I knew she was talking about herself. And to me, the thing was, you could see the hurt. You could see the anger. You could see all that. Why would God allow this? And the thing that I had to do, it was the first time that I'd ever shared really openly with anybody that is like, look, what happened to you? Abuse? I understand. I was abused by two uncles growing up. I'd never shared that with anybody. But what you've got to know is this, that what happened to you doesn't define who you are. What defines who you are is what he, the creator, did for you that while we were rejecting him, while we were spitting on him, while we were driving the nails into his wrists and his feet, he loved us enough to come and die for us. You're at a crossroads. You can allow what happened to you to define who you are, and you're going to go down an ugly road. You can, you can allow God to define who you are. And when you do that, it's never going to take away the pain. It's never going to take away the hurt completely, but it will make sense when you understand that what God wanted is what he gave us, which was perfection. But he gave us the freedom to make decisions. We destroyed it. Why is it wrong? Because God created you. He wants a relationship with you. He loves you. He understands the pain that you're going through, but he doesn't want you to take yourself out, out as wants it out of the equation. He's there for you. It's powerful. Yeah. So suicide's wrong. It's murder. Um, it's not biblical. It's selfish. It hurts a lot of people. It's a, it's a permanent fix to a temporary situation or a temporary emotional state of mind. Don't do it. All right. Is that what Jesus did? Juan? Is that, is that, oh, by the way, by the way, before you answer that, guys, I want to give away, uh, several copies. Actually, I don't want to give this away. Carl, you guys and your ministry have said, you're going to give away. Thank you. You guys are amazing. You're going to give away several copies of this book. If you're watching me on YouTube or on one of the Facebook channels right now, and you want a copy of his book, just type in the comments where you're located. Just type where you're watching from. And uh, the girls in the office are watching the social media feed. All you got to do is type where you're located, and they'll pick several people in here in a few minutes. I'll tell you who you are if you want to get a copy of this book. Camp of Florida is right on it, brother. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, PK, you left us a, a beautiful review, and it's just it's a pleasure to, to have you as a partner, and I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for being a partner with Creation today. We really appreciate that. So right here we got our, our partners that you guys are seeing, but on YouTube and social media, uh, on Facebook, if you guys are on there, uh, feel free to tell us where you're located right now, and the girls will pick out several of you to give away copies of this book too. Uh, I wish, I wish, Juan, I wish, Carl, that everybody could read this book. Uh, I think that this would help parents have conversations with their teens as they, you could literally, I mean, the, these, these, these answers are, are several paragraphs, a couple pages long 
You could read these at night with your children and literally use these as a devotional. And, and you've got a year's worth of devotionals right here to go through. So I just, man, I, I really encourage you to grab a copy of it. It's available at Carl's website, r4h.com, uh, r4h, that's Reasons for Hope, r4h.com. want to encourage you to get a hold of that. Um, okay. Let's answer this question because I got I got several others I've marked up that I want to go through. So Juan, let's All get right, to this Eric, answer. Eric, before you go to one, I want to give people a, uh, a an easy way to get the book as well. If you've got Kindle Unlimited already, right? If you've got Kindle Unlimited already, we're under Kindle Unlimited. You can read it under your Kindle Unlimited program. It's in there, so you don't even have to buy one from us. Man, we want the information out there, so uh, that's another way to get it. If you're paying for Kindle, we're not getting a nickel off that, but you'll get a, at least you'll get the art book for free. That's awesome. I love how you guys are the same as me, man. Just how much can we give away and and yeah. uh, I it's get the information out there. The, the debunk series, by the way. Well, let's talk about that in just a minute. Did Jesus commit suicide, Juan? That's what I want to know, man. Teens want answers. Give them the answer. Is that what happened? The short answer is no, he didn't. But let me unpack it just a little bit. Okay. Uh, what, what creates a lot of confusion is that Jesus says in John 10, that nobody takes my life, I lay it down. Yeah. And so that that sounds like, hey man, you're 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 taking your own life. Uh, but when every everything in scripture needs to be taken in context. When you read the context of John ten, Jesus is comparing himself as the good shepherd with the bad shepherd. The, sh- the and and he says when a, it's the idea that if a lion comes, the bad shepherd is going to leave because he doesn't care about the sheep. He just wants to survive. But the good shepherd is willing to die for his sheep. Wow. And so that, that is the context. And when Jesus says, you know, it, it, nobody's going to take my life, I, I will lay it down. It, it, the implication is if I need to do this to save my sheep, I will gladly do it. And so you also look at the circumstances. Jesus did not commit suicide. Jesus offered himself as a sacrifice. Mm. The context is the entire sacrificial system. He's the lamb, but the difference between the lamb of God and the lambs of the Old Testament is that the lamb of God did so voluntarily. He wasn't forced to the slaughter. He did it because he chose to give up his human life in order to save the lives of millions of people. You know, it's interesting because the guy on the cross, one of the guys on the cross says, well, if you're God, get off the cross. We should thank God every morning that he did not get off the cross. Wow. Because if he would have gotten off the cross, we would be lost in our sins. He did it out of love. And by the way, he did not self-inflict his wounds. He did not choose. He did not necessarily want to die. Look at the Garden of Gethsemane. He prayed to God, if there's any other way, I don't want to do that. I don't want to go this way. So he was murdered. He did not commit suicide. He was murdered. But he allowed it to happen because it would bring a greater good. His sacrificial love. No greater love has a man than he gives life mm. for his friends. And in Jesus' case, for his brothers and that he, that he, would, that he would save for his fellow uh, human beings. So really understanding the difference between sacrifice and suicide. I mean, we, we've heard to go back to what's happening right now today. If you're watching this later, Russia has invaded Ukraine. We're a little over a week into a war. We watched a, a Ukrainian soldier go to a bridge, and the only way to, to, to detonate the bridge was for him to go there and sacrifice himself to keep distance from the enemy coming into his city. 
and he ended up dying as he blew up that bridge, nobody would say he went there and committed suicide. They would hold him as a hero and say he he sacrificed his life to save his fellow soldiers there in Ukraine. And uh, while while that is fresh in our minds right now today, it still pales in comparison to the ultimate sacrifice that Christ did in laying down his life uh, for mankind. So what a... Amen. That turns Amen. it from a... Well, can I really believe the Bible to a, oh my goodness, that was an act of love. And and it turned that when you get it right, it turns from a stumbling block into a stepping stone where you realize, no, he loves me even more. And and when you, Eric, when you take into consideration that he did it on our behalf, Mm. when I share the gospel with people, I tell them, look, it should have been me on the cross. The nail should have been in my hands. I should have been the one with the crown of thorns. I should have been the one that was beaten beyond recognition to the point of death. I should have been the one that was humiliated and spit on because I'm the sinner. I'm the guilty one. And he said, Juan, step aside. I'll take one for you. And so it's not only not suicide. It's a sacrifice to save our lives so that we don't have to pay the debt of our sin. And he paid it for us. So it, it, it makes him all the more attractive uh, wow. and, 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 and just an amazing savior. You cover a lot of questions in your book, guys, and I love all the different authors and their takes on these things. Uh, I've picked several questions. I don't know if we'll, we'll get through all of these, but another one that intrigued me was the very next question in your book. Uh, I went, that, that I've heard this argument. I've heard people say this to me. Um, why does God create homosexuals and then condemn them. And I've heard this from, from people who are in, in the community and not in the LGBT community saying, well, why would God, that doesn't make any sense. Why, why would that happen? Dealing with LGBT issues is a very sensitive issue. Uh, every one of us has either a family member or a friend or someone we are close to or someone we really are, is dear to our heart that struggles with same-sex attraction. Uh, and so uh, it, the, 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 my, my initial approach to this issue, before I even answer that question, is, uh, is, is letting, letting people know that Christ's response is not always well represented by the body of Christ on this earth. And, 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 and images come to mind of groups that, that wave signs that God hates fags and all these horrible uh, uh, attacks on a lost sinner. Uh, and, and, and I like to bring us all back on a level playing field. We are all broken. All of us are broken. We all struggle with sin. There are no high horses here that anybody needs to be riding. Mm. The difference between me and a homosexual is that I have a different sin that I struggle with. I have a different problem that I have to battle every day. And also that I have found forgiveness, redemption, and and the power of the Holy Spirit in me to give me self-control and allow me to fight this battle and win more often than I lose. But so so we we need to be careful in our approach and we need to be sensitive because this community, the LGBT community is a community that needs the Lord like any other community that is lost. They are, I think, the, the mission field that we all have in our neighborhoods that nobody's doing anything about. Such, so few churches go after this community, try to win them. And they're there and they're lost. And if you know anybody in this community, you know that they have 
they're beautiful people with an amazing heart and they have the real humans that that are capable of loving and capable it, it, it but they struggle with sin and so the question becomes did god create people this way only to then condemn them absolutely not if you go back to the garden of eden god's creation was perfect adam and eve struggled with no sin whatsoever and so that's the world god created who messed it up we did by our choices to disobey god we messed it up so now we live in a world that's fallen and mankind is broken and that's a fact so god did not make homosexuals any more than he makes adulterers or fornicators or liars that's not god doesn't make us this way god created us human beings in his image we have messed it up bad and so what's the deal with homosexuality okay uh, are people born that way first of all let, let's let's get the, the the clear and answer to that is no there's absolutely no genetic evidence of anybody being born there's no gay gene that we've ever found uh, we have to be clear about that the studies are clear on that uh, it's not genetic as far as we can tell it's not genetic so there's a resounding no there. Plus, people are not born with sexual behaviors. Sexual behaviors are, are things people do. It's not something you're born doing. Uh, now, having said that, there is something that, that sometimes we miss because this is not a, a simple matter. It's a very complex matter. One of the things that seems to be pervasive from early, early childhood in, in people that follow uh, the path of homosexuality is, is the desires, the, the desires and the attractions for the same gender. We don't just choose who we're attracted to. Think about it. But we're all attracted to some things and other things don't attract us. Now, it, it, and it's beyond the conscious decision. It's something that it just kind of like happens. We don't even know how that happens, but some men are attracted to, to women with fair skin. Some men are attracted with women with darker skin. Some, I mean, we're all attracted to different things. And what happens if the attraction someone has is for someone of their same gender? Believe me, I have counseled many young people in the altar of my church and in other churches that cry. Literally, they're weeping before the Lord because they don't want to feel these attractions and they pray to God to take these attractions away and they battle this because they don't want it. And, and, and I've had several of them tell me, why would anyone choose this? So when we tell somebody, oh, if you're homosexual, because you choose to be, uh, you, you choose who you go to bed with. That's an absolute truth. That's a choice you make, but you don't necessarily choose who you're attracted to. That's the real battle. That's the real battle. And it's, and it's not, uh, it, it, it's no different, I think, than a man who's attracted to women. If you're a married man and you're attracted to women, you have to make a choice to crucify your flesh and be attracted only to your wife and not look at the other women and, and fight the desire to be with other women. M many men fight that battle all the time. It's part of crucifying the flesh. And so the ministry to homosexuality is, look, it is a sin. You are broken. And that behavior does not please God. God wants you to stop. 
God wants you to stop. But you're stopping and living in holiness. That's the goal. And it's your battle is hard. Absolutely. So is mine. And so is everybody's battle against the flesh. Just read Romans chapter six and chapter seven and, and Paul's battles with the flesh. It's hard for all of us. But what God wants from us is holiness. And, my, and, my, and God did not make you this way. And God is not going to condemn you unless you fail to repent. Salvation is available to everybody. Condemnation is only available to those who choose not to accept the gift of salvation, not to choose to trust Christ for their salvation. So my advice always to that community is, look, put your same-sex attractions on hold. Don't act on it and seek God. You know what? We need God's help to change. We can't expect somebody to become straight in order to then come to church and seek God. Church is like a hospital. That community needs to be welcome in our churches, like every other community. And they need to be loved on and show that there's a better way. There's a much better way that God can, can fulfill their needs in non-sinful ways. And I know, I know homosexuals that have never become heterosexuals. They have same-sex attractions. They crucify the flesh every day. One gentleman is a, is a seminary professor that I know. And, and that's been his battle his whole life. But he chooses to crucify his flesh. And he lives for the Lord, loves the Lord, and serves the Lord. And, and he, he's my brother in Christ. Yeah. Uh, welcome to the club of sinners who struggle with, with the flesh. I, I, you know, it's funny as I, I underlined that in your in your book here when you said that as in your conclusion. Hey, welcome, welcome to the club of sinners. I mean, that's that's the reality where it is. I've got some friends, Gary and Melissa Ingram. They run a network called the Love and Truth Network, uh, Love and Truth Network dot com, I believe. Love and Truth Network dot com. And this, they they were both. She was in the lesbian lifestyle. He was in the homosexual lifestyle, and. They go into the science of what happens. I, I do this uh, in a series I did with uh, called the Conquer series for men. They go through what actually happens and how your brain gets a dopamine effect and how you glue to when you have that dopamine effect, you glue to whatever that is that gave you that effect and actually creates that attraction. It's a there is a scientific thing that's happening there. And if you glue to the wrong thing, you'll be attracted to the wrong thing. You now have to retrain your brain to be glued to the right thing. Uh, so I think it's a it's both a mental, it's a chemical, it's a spiritual issue. Uh, it goes it goes on every single level, uh, no doubt about it. But just want to uh, thank you for for kind of starting off that question, which I know is a loaded question with with love to start with, because at the end of the day, you're right. Many of us have not done a good job of of communicating the truth in love to an entire culture of people that feel like they need to come out of the church and come out of society and create their own society. And now I've gotten to the place where they're trying to push their agenda on everybody. So it's, it's an interesting, we, we've created uh, a, a much bigger enemy by not responding correctly uh, when we should have responded in love rather than treated them as an enemy to begin and, with. And God has allowed me, Eric, through this approach to lead, quite a few people out of that lifestyle and to trust Christ as their savior. Wow. Because again, people, if you respect them, you love them and you talk to them and you treat them as fellow human beings, they'll listen and wow. they need Jesus. They need Jesus. They need, they need him as much as everybody else. 
Amen to that. Hey, I want to give away a couple copies of this book before I let you guys on social media go. Uh, if you're a Creation Today partner, thank you guys for hanging out with me. Uh, this is a blessing to be able to do these discipleship talks week after week. And uh, PK, you got it. Congratulations. Uh, thank you so much again for, for loving us and loving this truth. We'll be sending you a copy of this. Hey, on Facebook and on YouTube, you need to email us because I don't have your contact information. Email comments at creation today if you're one of these individuals. Nick, uh, and then last name, I'll mess it up, Fischella. Fischella, Nick Fischella, and on YouTube, Mark Allen Deacons. Mark Allen Deacons. Uh, sorry if I mispronounced that, but we're going to send you, actually, they are going to send you uh, each a copy of this book for you to have. I pray that you'll use it not only in your life, but the goal is for you to have this information to share it with others. A true disciple is somebody who learns and repeats, learns and repeats, learns and repeats. So I pray that God will allow you to use this to take this information into other people's lives as well as you share these truths. Um, hey, Carl, uh, you, before I let social media go, can you tell people, you guys have an awesome app that people can easily download right there on their phone. Can you tell people about that uh, before I let them go? Yeah, absolutely. All you have to do is go to your app store and type in reasons, plural, for, F-O-R, hope, and look for the blue asterisk on a black background, and you'll find a ton of video up there. Almost everything that we have produced digitally is up there uh, with more going up every week. I mean, we put up four to five new videos every week, and I'm talking from three-minute type thing to one-hour lecture type thing. And uh, everything that we've ever produced digitally is on its way of being put up there because we we got to the stage where I don't even sell DVDs anymore, man. I had I had so many people come up and say, "Hey, we can only afford one. Which one should I get?" And I say, "Get the DVD, get the app, and you get them all." And it works on Apple, it works on Roku. Um, but I've got one thing too: if people want to get like today, we just released uh, last night our critical race theory debunk number twenty-one, and our debunk defenders get that early, like you have your defenders. Well. We have a program like that. And if you want to get our debunked videos before we release them to the public, all you have to do is open up your messaging software on your smart device and send the message to the number 51555. So that's who the message is going to. And you write adios. Adios is spelled A-D-I-O-S. There's no U in it. All right. <laughs> adios space Eric. And uh, when you hit that send, you're going to get a link back and it has a form. You fill that form out, send it in. And you're going to get a, you'll be a debunk defender. You get all the debunk videos in the future before we release them to the general public. And it's absolutely, totally, well, not totally free. Cause here's our, here's our charge. You got to share these things. You got to watch these things, put them to use. That's our charge, but that's how you can become a debunk defender. I love that. Can you guys put that in the chat? So you're literally just going to text five, one, see if it's not written down. I won't get it. Five, one. Yep. Five 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 one five five five. So send a message there, and you're going to put adios. Yep. Space what is Eric. it? Space space Eric. Adios Eric. I like that. Adios Eric. Is that because we have Juan? Did Juan? Did you make that one up? Is that from you, dude? <laughs> Carl, nope. Carl made it up on the fly. <laughs> That's awesome. Adios, Eric. Well, we are going to say adios to all of you on Facebook and on YouTube. Thank you guys so much, much for joining. I appreciate you guys uh, enjoying the chat as well and, and having comments. If you guys have thoughts or questions or prayer requests, you can send us a, a personal message through social media and our team will pray for you. Uh, and if you have a question, send that to me. Uh, matter of fact, if you like when I go to camps like Carl, I love getting these questions. If you want to write down your question, take a picture of it and email it to me, Eric Hovind at creation today.org. I'd love
love to turn it into a social media post where we answer those questions. So feel free to do that. But uh, make sure you uh, text 51555, text Adios Eric, and uh, just for free, other than watching, consuming, and sharing the content, you get access to all Carl's content early and free. So appreciate that. Hey, Facebook and YouTube, look forward to seeing you guys next week. I'm going to have a great conversation next week. Uh, There's a lot of debate about, was it a, a global flood? And believe it or not, the way you answer that has big implications on how you see Scripture. So I want to answer that question. I want to look at science, and I want to look at Scripture. I want to bring the two together and answer the question, was it really a global flood? I mean, there's a lot of people in the church today saying there was no global flood. We're going to answer that definitively next week on the show. So look forward to seeing you guys next week live at noon. If you want to be part of the rest of this conversation that we're going to have, come on over to creationtoday.org. We'd love to have you as one of the Creation Today partners. God bless you guys.